This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Kevin is up with us first. Kevin, thanks for holding through the break. What's going on? Hey, guys. How are you? Happy Monday, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to keep but, it happy. Uh, anger management yeah. Monday, does that work for you? Yeah. So listen, and uh, this won't be a popular call, I'm sure. I, I warned a lot of people. I warned people. I told them the Florida game, if you look at Florida, and I have, I have friends or relatives that live down in Gainesville, and I live in Fayetteville. Or Rogers. Florida's defense was nothing exciting. And I tried to tell everybody it was a mirage to be careful. Don't think your offense is just back in a week. If you look at Florida, what they've given up, excluding the LSU debacle, I mean, they pretty much have given up 28 to 30 points a game other than against Vanderbilt. I mean, Kentucky scored 50. I mean, so we really needed to pay attention to those things and not think, Oh, we have a savior. It's all good. We're going to score 40 against Auburn. And it just didn't happen. I mean, look, Florida gave up 700 yards of total offense. And I know LSU is good, but come on, a major college program in conference, Florida gave up 700 yards. And I just thought it was a mirage that we, a lot of us thought, commentators too, that, hey, this is going to be all right. Well, I guess you saw come Saturday, it wasn't all right. There's a lot of problems. Um, and they're going to have to make a move quick because you're already seeing the domino. If, if you're going to keep Sam, you keep him. But if you don't, don't wait till the end of the season to fire him because you're going to miss out on somebody like a Mike Norvell or somebody like that that we missed out on our, you know, a few years back. So that's all I got to say. I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate that, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jaden Daniels, obviously, makes things a little bit different playing against anybody. But I think I'd read where Florida's starting, uh, I think, 25% of their defensive players right now are freshmen. You know, they lost their they lost their top tackler before the Arkansas game. Uh, I think their depth has been uh, really hurt. Uh, and the portal, too. So, yeah, I mean, that... that that's, that was part of it. It's, I, I, I wanted to believe that the Florida game meant that the season had been turned around, that you were about to see a good, a good November. You were about to see Arkansas. Look, at I, I didn't know if they would beat Auburn or not, Matt, but I did expect a, a tight game. You know, I really did. And I kind of started, I wanted to push myself to believe that Arkansas would make it tough for Missouri the day after Thanksgiving, and that would be a tough game. I have a tough time believing that now. <laughs> I really do. Well, it's it's just um, it hurts a little bit because where these teams were last year, Arkansas and Auburn, where they were last year, Auburn's light years ahead of Arkansas now. You know, it, it was just we were we were ahead of Auburn. We were we were better. We had we had had things going a little bit better than Auburn. Auburn goes and gets the right coach. They would go and get Hugh Freeze. All of a sudden, we can't even we don't even belong on the field with them. Well, and then it's also you can you, I mean comparatively to the coaches that came out of the conference the same year that Sam did, um, Ole Miss having their best year potentially under Lane Kiffin, even though they're having trouble. You know they don't beat the top teams in the league, uh, but there's still something to be said for the way <laughs> Ole Miss is playing. And Drinkwitz has Mizzou playing at a level that I don't think anybody expected them to be at, except maybe him. And no, this is this is the best Tigers team since Gary Pinkle by far. You know, if you're if you're a safety, you can run a four six. But if you're a cornerback, you can't run a four six. You ha- you have to be a four five four 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 three guy. If you're a receiver on the outside, you can't run a four seven three. That, that, that that's not going to work here. I, I I don't know what these coaches are thinking, and I don't know what type of evaluation methods they have, but they need to change them. You, if you don't have any speed, and you don't have to have thirty guys that run a four three or four four, but you better have about five of them. You you better have a couple on defense and a couple of your ball handlers on offense. If they can't, if they're not game breakers, you, you you're not going to have success here. What do you need as offensive linemen? I mean, you're talking speed specifically from the outside and from corners and wide receivers. The uh, the offensive line, I mean, they got completely dominated by Auburn. I mean, thoroughly dominated, and it's been a bad year, a really bad year. We, we don't have on any offensive line play. Depth yeah. has been tested, and and. 
backups have uh, you know had half a good game pretty much. That's that you're right, Phil. The offensive linemen they they can't whoop a man's ass, and and the receivers on the outside it gets man coverage. They can't beat man coverage. The running backs they 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 let the first tackler get them. Uh, it's it's uh there's there's we have to have some more talent up here. The, the the ball handlers have to be talented. You have to be special uh, to 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 be up here and 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 make plays and 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 whatever it is. And if if you look back at at Coach Nutt and some of the times he won the SEC, you look back at Petrino when they won 10 games they they had a stud at quarterback and they had athletes they they, they had a joe adams you, you know you had an anthony lucas you had a sean andrews on the offensive line with the jason peters you know th- that offensive line right now i how many how many different units could this offensive line ever start in if you look back over the last 20 years man these offensive linemen aren't starting i mean what what, what what's going on let's go back to the mcclarty daniel hotline and melvin in sheridan is up next hey melvin what's going on oh Phil, I don't, I don't feel, uh, you don't make me feel as stupid as you did when I told you we should have put Kobe in there, uh, uh, the, the backup quarterback in there, uh, at the start of the season. You remember that conversation? You, yeah, but how uh, long, how long ago is that? How long ago is that? And is that really the thing? Phil, that's I told you so. I told you so. That's all I got to say, Phil. You the, know, you, like I said, you made me feel stupid, but I ain't stupid as I, if he would have developed that second string and said, "Hey, look, we're not good at all," he might still be the coach next year. What quarterback do you, you start this week? I I stay with uh, the the starter for just a minute, but the other kid is going to play too. I owe it to, to the team to try everybody. Do you do you? If a man is failing or messing up all the time, you going to stay with him or are you going to change? That's what you tell them. That's what you tell the kids. It's like, hey, we, we were working with you when we had a chance. Now we don't have a chance. We're going to evaluate some other talent. And it's we gave you a chance. You had the opportunity to get us to six wins, and y'all didn't get it done. So if there's other guys that we're going to evaluate, we start evaluating them. I agree with you, Matt. I mean, I'm just saying is when I – offered this up early in the year talking about, look, it don't look good. Let's let everybody get a chance to try to get some get something momentum going for next year. Phil talked down to me like I was a redheaded stepchild. Melvin, when and, did you call? When, and, when was that when was that phone call? Do you remember the, the date when you were the game that you yeah, called? Yeah, I want to say it's the thing, it was the BYU game that you could tell things wasn't right then and you got all over me. And all I wanted to do is give the backup quarterback a chance to get get some experience, so we can uh, build for next year. Because if this year was going to be like this, we're not going to be any better next year uh, if we don't develop the kids on this thing. So, Melvin, next after the BYU game, ap- after after losing thirty eight thirty one to BYU, you saw you saw. You saw this happening right in front of your eyes. You could tell there was going to be a six-game losing streak. Was the running game, the running game any good? Was running game any good? We got 100-yard right. rusher all year. Okay. And the next question I got about that is, our stud duck all-conference, all all-world quarterback, what you called him then, he should have made a difference in that game if he's that good. I'm not trying to be criticized, but I, I'm just telling you that, yes, I could see that we was not going to be any good that far back. And when I called you, I was a bad guy and the most ignorant fool walking in Arkansas. And now it proves out that I, I ain't necessarily. And they, and they got the coach fired. If he just said we're not very good and we're going to have to play everybody to get developed for next year, it would have been better than trying to uh, poke sunshine down our throat that we're going to be great. We're we're not going to be great this year. We're sure not going to be great next year. I don't believe it. And I'm sorry to bother you about it. Hey, I just want to give it back to you the way you give it to me. That's, that's all. That's great. Congratulations, Melvin. I'm sure you'd be the only – you literally would be the only coach who would replace his three-year starting quarterback after three games. And and I'd like to get your advice on what to do for the remainder of the football program's life. If you could see this coming, if you could see this coming – then you're a heck of a lot smarter than those who are running the football team. Good to hear from you today, Melvin. And again, congratulations on the opportunity to make that phone call. Let's uh, take Double Din in Bentonville. What's up, Double Din? How are you? Hey, yes. Hey, I want to ask Matt a couple questions, then I got a comment. 
hey, man, you know, uh, I when coach loses the locker room, usually, in my opinion, it's one or two things. One, they lose faith in the scheme. And the second one is he's not playing the best players. Do you do you have any other reasons why? Because they just flat quit Saturday. I mean, it was obvious. So do you have is there any other reasons why the kids might quit on a coach? Yeah, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of quit in, in, to, in to your comment, but you're right. They, they, we were second best all all game against Auburn. We were second best. I, I mean, that's an attitude. Um, that's that's just you're just not buying in because I don't I don't think Auburn has that much more talent than us. And, and my last comment, and y'all listen, if we if in the match you hit it on the head, we don't have enough talent. But the question is, if he's had four years and he's gotten this talent. What makes us think he's going to get any better talent in the future? Well, being that this loss against Auburn happened with a lot of recruits on the sideline, I'm not sure how to answer that question properly, Double D, because uh, it's not a good sign when you get blown out at home by you know an okay kind of a team with uh, some really talented high schoolers on the sideline. It's not a good look. So, yeah, I mean, the, the talent level, I think, comparatively to the rest of the SEC – is uh, definitely in the bottom half. <clears throat> Speed certainly is maybe a little bit lower than just you know being near the half there's, of the bottom of it. There's something about in-state guys, Phil, and, and I'm not uh, you know I'm not saying we have to recruit out, outside the state of Arkansas. This is 100 percent facts. You don't have enough, but you know what Coach Nutt didn't do? The top eight players that were inside the state, he got them. He he he. Very rarely did he let one of the top eight players inside the state go. We got two in in top eight quarterbacks that that we're not even offering scholarships to. You know, our the best receiver, the number one player in the in in the state, he's not coming to Arkansas. It's like what we're we're, how we how we messing up so bad? Well, that's a point Brian's called in about lots (laughs) about uh, Kane Archer. Will he play for Sam Pittman? I mean, this is this this kind of goes into. Uh, the whole idea of you know what happens moving forward. It's not just in the matter of what happens in this off season. You, you've got you got kids that you're talking to right now that are looking two years ahead as well. Got to put on your best face. I don't know the direction it's going to go. It's not my decision to make. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Afternoon, Mike. How you doing today? Hey, good. How are you guys? It's a, it's a fun Monday so far. Yeah, this is definitely one for the history books. Um, what stands out? What'd you hear from Coach Pittman? Well, I mean, he, he certainly sounds like he plans to be here next year. What a difference one day makes. Now, I was never one of those that reported that he was gone. What I was hearing yesterday, and I chased this down most of the afternoon, and I'm convinced this was true that it had legs. That, that there were that there were a group of, of boosters, some but not all of whom had tried to bring Gus Malzahn in in 2017, who wanted to try to do it again. The problem with that group was that nobody could tell me if Urechek was involved in this, and I was extremely skeptical. This isn't 2017 when you had an interim AD. Boosters can't just jump in and go, okay, here's the money to buy this guy out. Now hire our guy. And it looks like that that, that was, those were the strings that were attached. Yeah, we'll give you the money, but you got to hire our guy. And I just, that, that, that didn't sound right. And then what I did, I had a, somebody I know very well that had talked to Christy Malzahn over the weekend in Stillwater. 
And I called over there, and, and what I learned from that was that Christy was very adamant about the fact that Gus, she and Gus would never come back to Arkansas as long as he was coaching. Now, they do plan to come back here and retire, but the thinking on that was it is so controversial when you're a head coach with your family members that they have realized it's better to be out of state when you're doing that job. You come back, you're not a coach anymore, it doesn't matter, you're back home. But while you're coaching, you don't want any part of all the stuff you go through when, you know, your your mom, if your mom or your sister or other relatives you have in the state are having to listen to all that when people inevitably get mad, you don't want any part of that. So what would be the point of trying to hire this guy if he doesn't want the job and he turned it down once before? So that's all gone. And the only other possibility to me right now is that something's going on behind the scenes that nobody is willing to talk about where Pittman has said, hey, give me the chance to coach these last two games with these players and then I'll retire. Now, there's no indication I've got from anybody that that that's what's happening. Uh, on the on the contrary, I'm sort of hearing that Juracek believes if you hire the right offensive coordinator and maybe you need another head coach. And, you know, there's one out there. I don't know if they'd ever be able to hire him, and that would be Petrino. But if, if you hire another head coach so that Sam's got somebody in there just like he had with Odom and you make oh, a few other changes and then you've got to do something. There were problems in that locker room. I can't tell you what they were, but there was there was no leadership this year. What a contrast with the 2021 team, where you had all those guys like Bumper Pool and you know, and you had Hayden Henry and 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 all these guys that were selling Arkansas responsibility to the players. You know, John McDonald told me years ago the secret to winning big is to have guys on your team that do not allow. The, the the cancer in the locker room to develop they step in and solve problems before a coach ever has to and you don't you clearly didn't have that this year no team can do what they did two weeks ago and then come out and play like they did and Pittman had no answer for that he didn't know why it happened well I don't either other than there were people that should have prevented that that knew in that locker room and nothing was done. So that's a huge thing that has to happen in the offseason. You've got to transform that team. You've got to find a bunch of key or core leaders who don't allow a team to play that way because, honestly, the talent level is not much different than it was the first three years. And it looks like to me the only difference was you didn't have leadership on this team. Yeah, it's a mess. Sorry, dude. Until the mess gets here, that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know how to how to explain that if they're just not buying into the message, Mike. Uh, what what do you see going forward these next two games? Do you see it as uh, as usual, same starters everywhere, or do you start evaluating talent and find out who who's part of the plan for next year? Well, obviously, they still want to win. I don't think you just make wholesale changes and, and say, well, the the red shirt guys were going to use these two games for their red shirt. So, I mean, one of the big questions is, does Criswell play some, none at all? I don't think he'll start, but, you know, what do you do with that situation? Um, you know, and other key positions on the field. But again, if I'm Sam Pittman, I'm getting together a bunch of my key upperclassmen, and I'm telling them, you need to tell me what's going on in that locker room and when I'm not in there. If there's a problem, if you see something, talk to me so I'm not standing around shocked when we don't play well. Because he didn't know. He didn't have an answer for why they didn't come out and play hard. But we all saw it. They came out like they were asleep. So how do you not know that's going to happen? Well, you don't know if you don't know what's going on inside the team. So to me, that's one of the things you got to do. You got to be more in tune with what's happening when you're not there. And, and let's face it, guys, there are plenty of times that those players are together as a unit when the coaches aren't around. Mike, we saw two coaches get fired in the last uh, 24 hours. Um, Jimbo Fisher given 58 suitcases full of $100 bills to not coach. And then there's Zach Arnett, who I think is given like almost nothing to not coach. Arkansas is somewhere in the middle here with that. How much of this is about a buyout and about the idea that <clears throat> no matter what, 
Um, they'll finish at 500, even if they lose the back-to-back games, finish at 500, the buyout's over $16 million. How much of that decision, uh, if it is to retain Sam Pittman, is just about a buyout? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm just guessing that it, it has something to do with it, that that the buyout don't, goes down quite a bit next year. And so, uh, again, if, if, if you go by what I was talking about earlier, if there were people willing to pay that buyout, but the problem was they wanted their guy, and then that goes away. So then you have to just live with whatever your buyout payment you have to make. And I, I got to believe it's a factor. Um, you know, people get mad because A&M can just throw insane amounts of money. They just keep turning. But what they just did is insane. I mean, I keep saying to myself, nobody has that much money, at least that they're willing to spend just to try and win more football games. It's not like A&M was terrible. They had a good year. They just didn't win the championship that the Aggies always think they're going to win if they pay more money. So now they're going to pay more money to somebody else and start the process all over again. Mississippi State, that was just a weird deal. I I can't explain it. I've never heard of a guy. He wasn't an interim. He was the head coach, and he, yeah. he, he lasted 10 games. What is that all about? That's got to be the, the, the least amount of time a hired head coach has ever had on the job. I mean, that's nuts. They should have thought of that when they hired him. So, you know. You got people telling me, well, come on, this shows how much worse we are than A&M. They're willing to spend money. And I think I'm saying to them, they're crazy. You know, I'm not I'm not going to comment. It's not my place to tell boosters how much they should spend. And I don't have to deal with a budget like your check does. So I'm not going to sit here and say Arkansas should pay this money. But I am saying that at some point it becomes idiotic to keep doing this. And I, I'm not going to criticize Arkansas because they're not willing, if that's the case, to pay this huge buyout. Uh, and I don't know that that's it, but I, there's got to be a, a limit on this stuff at some point. I mean, I, I think at most schools, I've always thought they were nuts down there in Aggieville. This is the nuttiest thing I've ever heard of. Mike, uh, there, there was some good football played over the weekend, and uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, and do you agree with uh, this three-game suspension, and, and uh, do you think this hurts them this much? Like, how much does this hurt them going into that Ohio State game? It didn't seem to hurt them, you know, last weekend. I guess we'll have to wait and see until this game is over. Uh, it's a really weird deal. It's a conference telling you you have to do this. The school's kind of resisting it. Um, it's unprecedented. I, you know, I, Have you heard of this any time before, Mike, where it's like he can coach all week to practice, he just can't coach on Saturdays? I haven't heard of no, this before. Yeah. No, I haven't. But it's sort of like them saying to their own conference of yours, we're going to do what we want to do. And I will say that when you when you're having this kind of season – you, you you sort of are able to do that. That's the that's the way this sports work. This sport works. If they were if they had a losing record now, he'd probably be fired for all that. And stuff. wasn't he supposed to be suspended the first three games of the year? Was that a whole different? Uh, that was university imposed, but it's the same idea. He was he was with the team Sunday through Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. It's weird. <laughs> Speaking I'm of you, saying Aggie, you said Aggie Land's weird. It's kind of weird up there in Ed Arbor as well. Yeah, weird. this whole sport, this whole enterprise deal. of college football is a little bit weird. I mean, we're fun, we're shown indications of this um, virtually every week and year by year. Mike, the, the sport just gets crazier and crazier. And I well, think, and again, hey, I think NIL is a problem. I, I uh, do. I, I'm I'm told that there's a problem over there right now uh, in this program with it, with the NIL imbalance. And I'm not saying Arkansas is the only one that has it. But when you, it's just inevitable. When one or two players are making all the money and the rest are getting virtually nothing, you think that flies with the other players? Um, well, it's just, I hear what you're saying in that term too, Mike, because the players, you know, you, you, you got in earlier the idea of uh, leadership at a player level hasn't really been very good. Well, maybe you point directly, you can, you know, you can chain that to the idea of NIL, 
You know, if you get exactly. you get athletes, student athletes that are making so much more money than anybody else on the team, maybe it's a little bit difficult. I don't know. Is it is it difficult for them to lead, or is it difficult for the guys who are you know sort of the the ones supposed to follow them to view them as leaders? Well, I would have a hard time if somebody came to me and said, you know, you need to step it up. You have this problem, you have that problem, and I'm looking at you and going, yeah, and you make half a million dollars this year, and I made twenty five thousand. You know, I mean that's. That's where we're at, and I still say long-term this has to be solved somehow because it doesn't – even the NFL has a salary cap. They don't – you can't just – some school can't just decide – some team can't just decide we'll throw as much money as we want to get whoever we want. Uh, it's just nuts right now. I just – I don't think it's sustainable. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Matt got a text out of the 479, wants to know what Sam Pittman's motivation to continue to coach. I will say, like, I don't... Uh, you got to separate. I think you separate the um, the buyouts from a, the nature of a competitor. I think when you when you've been in the in the in the in that in the job, not the head coaching job, but I mean in that life for as long as Coach Pittman has, I think you take. I think every loss hurts, and I think every win feels great. And then the next thing you do, you start looking ahead of the next chance to win and chance to compete. You talk a lot about you know competitors want to just compete, and I, I view the same thing about coaches. Uh, you know, it's, it's obvious. I think if, if there was going to be a firing, it would have happened yesterday or earlier this morning. So in Coach Pittman's mind, what is it you're coaching for? Well, you're coaching to compete. You're coaching to still try to win games. You're coaching to, as he said about an hour ago, turn the program around or turn the season around. I thought that had happened against Florida, and then Auburn happens, and, man, it doesn't look like, it, like things were turned around. And uh, two games left to go. The truth is... <clears throat> Anything that happens against FIU is going to be taken with a grain of salt, right? Any of it. Um, unless you lose. Then, it, then, then you're like, all right, so here we are. Back, at, back where we were, you know, losing to Western Kentucky. It'd be a huge surprise if that happens. Um, you know, I mean, it, it seems to me like if there's going to be any sort of positivity moving forward, it's going to have to come against Missouri. Uh, and, you know, we can think about that now. I don't think they can because I don't think you can take anything for granted now. This team has not played well in their own stadium, has not played well in front of their own fans, and that's where the next two games are being played. So I don't really know if it matters against who the opponent is. He's got to go out and you got to play a good football game. you got to take pride in what you do. I think to every player on the team, that's how you view it, and to the coaches too. I can imagine that's how you got to view it too, right? Got to have a little pride. You 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 nailed it right there. Um, yeah, you, you got to have a little pride in yourself. Take a little accountability. Um, yeah, you, you have as as a head coach. He's an alpha. He, he's a competitor. He, he's trying to figure it out. I, I think that they the I, I think they can. You know, I, I think there there is some talent up there. Got it. Got to get better at some things. You're not making enough winning plays, and and you got to get better at. You can't be losing these in-state guys. You know, you got to get your in-state guys. You got to be a little better at evaluating talent. Uh, you got to have some guys on the outside that can make some plays, man. There's just some prereqs that come to to be an SEC caliber player, and it's not the Big Ten. It's it's not the Sun Belt. To 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 be a, a first class SEC program, man. It's uh you, you got to evaluate talent and get the get the right guys up there. You know, 
you look at Petrino, you look at Coach Nutt, you look at some of the guys that Ken Hatfield, some of the guys that coached here and had success, they had NFL talent on this roster. You know, there's not a lot of NFL talent on this roster. So you got to get better and get some get some guys, some playmakers in. It is the same team that went into Ole Miss and scared a good Rebels team. It is the same team that lost to Alabama by three. And maybe a little better clock management. Things might have happened a little bit differently. Who knows? That Alabama team playing really well. It's tough to jibe that. That was a month ago. That was a month ago. And, and now totally smashed by an Auburn team that shouldn't have done that to Arkansas and shouldn't be doing that to anybody. Got a couple of callers on hold. Let's take the calls. John in Fort Smith on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Thanks for holding, John. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Hey, uh, I hope Mike Irwin's wrong that uh, Hunter Yurchek may think that all we need is someone to come in and help Sam uh, be a head coach. I mean, you're, you're paying $6 million a year. Uh, it's, it's ludicrous to think that we should hire someone to come in and hold his hand. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the things a, a head coach's job to do is get his team prepared to play. These guys aren't prepared to play. Uh, we've seen it against Mississippi State. We've seen it Saturday against Auburn. That is squarely on him. He cannot blame that on anyone else. And, and Matt, you talk about a competitor. You know a team takes on the personality of this coach. Sam Pittman has as, about as much energy as somebody in hospice. I mean, seriously. Watch his interviews. Watch his body language. Watch him on the sidelines. It, it, it's pitiful, man. I mean, he don't. He talks about people maybe not being bought in. He don't act like he's bought in. You know, I, I watched Hugh Freeze Saturday at the game. Uh, they're up thirty-five to three. One of his linemen misses a block, and and for that reason, the play got blown up. Freeze meets the guy as he's coming off the field and chews him out all the way to the bench. I've not seen Pittman do that one time to any of these linemen who can't block a soul. I mean, there's just no fire, no enthusiasm. I mean, he might should hang around Muss for a little bit uh, and, and get a little energy to himself or a little pep in his step because I think they're taking on the personality of their coach and he's dead in the water. That's what I got. Thank God. John, I appreciate that phone call. And I, there, I think there is a salient point and it's something that I'm, I meant to ask Mike about. But we ran out of time. I, I can understand the idea that Barry Odom helped a lot as an associate head coach and as like a consigliere and a friend and somebody to bounce ideas off of. And what if this works and that works during the game and all of that kind of thing. But there also is the idea that um, do you have to have somebody like that after four years that is, you know, that you're going to for, for that sort of advice or to help stabilize things amongst you? Not every, not every head coach, I think, has somebody like that, and that goes to the level of success in some of the programs, too. Maybe that was a factor for, for the team the last three years. Maybe it's an, a factor in another direction this year. But I would, I would hope, like, if you're hiring another offensive coordinator, Matt, does it have to be the kind of person who's, like, been a head coach before, is in on some of these decisions, and is somebody that Coach Pittman views as like a bench coach for a baseball team. Do you need that in your fifth year? Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this, Phil. Uh, uh, coach Nick Saban, you look at some of his offensive coordinators, Lane, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, the, the list as far as who he's worked with. Uh, it, it, I think it's, it, it's, it's the more offensive minds you can have, the more football minds you can have. It's, it's beneficial for everybody. You have to kind of maybe sort your ego out a little bit and, and, and who's in charge. Or, or, but the, the more offensive minds, the more football minds you can get into that meeting room, I think that's a plus. Back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline and Jim in Yellville. Jim, thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, guys. How are you? Having a great time today, Jim. How about you? I'm doing good. Matt, big-time fan of yours from way back in the day. Um, listen, I want to jump in on this coaching thing. Uh, one thing that irritates me the most about Arkansas fans is uh, they're so quick to jump and call for the coach's job. My personal opinion, I think Sam Pittman is the man for the job. Yeah, he doesn't have much personality, but he knows the game. Uh, 
I think the biggest mistake that Sam Pittman made was not fighting harder to keep Kendall Bryles. Uh, I think that's the only mistake that he's made. He's been dealt a, a bad hand. You know, we got Lucas Haas. He was he was injured the first play of the first game. Uh, we've had, you know, Rocket Sanders, who's just not been – we just couldn't count on him at all. Uh, you know, he's injured again. And uh, I just think that the fans need – you know, I would say if next year – we have another year like this one. Then we ought to start talking about a new coach. But he's taken us to bowl games for the last three years, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I just think that, you know, I just hate to hear them calling for his job so soon. I realize I'm as frustrated as anybody. Uh, the Mississippi State game is, was the one for me that I just could not believe because they were so flat. Uh, but Auburn – you know, Hugh Freeze is a good coach. He's he's winning. He's winning at every every uh, college he's gone to. Hell, he came to Arkansas last year or year before last, coaching for Liberty, and gave us all we wanted. So, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to I don't think it's fair to jump, you know, dump everything on Sam. Uh, and I certainly don't think it's time to be calling for his job. We need to get behind him and and uh, and support him. Uh, I, th- I think he'll turn it around. I really do. I think it's going to be a, a, a sucky rest of the year. We'll probably beat uh, FIU, but I was watching that Missouri game yesterday against Tennessee, and I just – I don't know, man. Um, that little running back they've got, Sh- uh, Sherrod or whatever his name is, he's going to be tough to contain. going to be very tough to contain. Schrader. Uh, yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah, Schrader. Well, appreciate that, Jim. Thanks for calling in uh, 877-377-6963 to get with us on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Brett Bielema was, uh, was fired after his, well, yeah, right after his 50. Literally, once the, once the last game of that fifth season ended, he was fired on his way off the field. And you could start to see some of the foundations shaking near the end of the fourth year, especially with that uh, loss in the Belk Bowl. You know, after after uh, having the three touchdown lead, are you seeing some of the same things now? I mean, that the fourth year, Coach Bielema was in a bowl game, and that was the third year in a row that they'd made a bowl game, seven and six, four and eight next season, and it was pretty obvious once you got into November that uh, if there were foundations of the program, they were they were pretty shaky. You, you know, we got Oklahoma State in the non conference next year that they're looking tough. Our, our schedule's not as brutal next year. Our our schedule is a, is going to be a little lighter. Going to be uh, I, well, it, they're all tough, but I think it's going to be more navigable. If that makes sense, it's it's just going to be easier to navigate next year. Ryan in Hot Springs next on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm pretty good. And when I say this, I'm not trying to bag on on Sam, but. Um, and I, I, I equate him to kind of being like Mike Anderson. He, he got us out of the depths of hell, but we can't, we can't, this, this can't go on. As much as I would love to give Sam another year, you can't be having after a close loss to Mississippi State and saying things like, well, I didn't know what to do, knowing you have the field goal kicker you have in Cam Little and saying you don't know what to do. That's unacceptable. He looks lost. I want nothing but the best for Sam. But I, I do think it is time to move on. And uh, my que- the que- I have a question for y'all. Uh, and it's not when I ask this question, I'm not asking because I want to see KJ removed or anything like that. I'm just simply wondering if, if we're if at that stage of the season where you want to start playing some more younger players to get them experience. Do, do uh, going forward, do we see more Chris Well, or this, or do we still try to get what wins we can get with KJ? Genuinely curious. Not like I said, I'm not one of those that just wants to see KJ bench. I'm. I'm not bad. I'm just just curious where we're at with uh, the stage of the season. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive-thru or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. Clay and Rogers asked about um, why does K.J. Jefferson stay immune from taking responsibility for the season? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've heard if he has taken responsibility publicly or not. Uh, the numbers kind of do speak for themselves here, though. And I mean, th- this 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 goes along with an offense that's stuck in neutral, an offensive he coordinator looked- you don't believe in, an offensive line that doesn't block well, but a quarterback also is all responsible for his own play, uh, passing yards down, touchdowns down, interceptions up, completion percentage down. Rushing totals down, win totals down. There was the thought, Matt, that last year Arkansas might have finished with nine wins if K.J. Jefferson was healthy. Guess what? He's been healthy all year long, and he's had his worst year as a quarterback, and it's not even close. He's never looked comfortable in this system. He, he, he may be a drive here or two, but as far as what's going on and, and what it, what on the offensive side of the ball, and you know what? Um, you, you look at David Carr. You, you remember David Carr when he was drafted number one overall sure. from Fresno State to, to the Houston Texans and how many sacks he went through that first season? It's hard to progress as a quarterback when you're when you're having to pick yourself up off the mat every other snap. So I just don't think he's ever for if it's the lineman, if it's not getting the reads down, whatever it is, the the offense as a whole hasn't ran the ball well. KJ's never looked comfortable. It's it's just been kind of hodgepodge and just kind of not a lot of explosive plays. For it's been very underwhelming. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. McClarty Daniel Hotline got a couple on hold. JW is here with us. Hey, Good JW, afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, well, considering uh, we all deal with grief in our own particular ways, this may be the hardest call I've ever had to make to your show because if there is a Razorback fan out there that wanted Sam to succeed more than me, I don't know where you would find him. But here's the problem. We were at the bottom of the barrel, and he brought us up to the middle. But unless we're willing to settle for that mediocrity, I don't see any way out of this. I think we're going to have to go out and find a coach, and this is on your check. I don't care if it's a junior college coach, a Division II coach, one of the non-power conference coaches, but they need to find somebody in there that knows what they have to work with here in the state of Arkansas. And there's no reason we need to be the Mississippi of the people. Everybody say, well, at least there's, we're better than Mississippi. We, we don't need that. What we need is a coach that will embrace the job and try to move us forward. I'm not, I'm not content with, okay, we're not a big state. We can't compete with Florida. And now we've got Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. I'm not willing to accept that. If I would have paid to see that game last Saturday, I'd have been ready to burn the stadium down. I mean, I just, that was just embarrassing. And, I, and again, I'm an optimist. I tend to look at the good side of things. And right now, I'm not seeing any good things. But anyway, thank you all for your show and letting this all vent today. JW, it, of course, it's a good place to do that here. No, no one's saying to be content here. Uh, not at all. I mean, you play in the SEC. It, it's understood that you can get chewed up and spit out, but you also know that there are years where Arkansas has done the chewing and the spitting. I mean, you compete at the highest level. That means you want to win at the highest level. And no, no, one's, no one's sitting here saying be content with 500. Be content with the Liberty Bowl. You know, be content with being that close sometimes and, and all of that. That's... 
That's not the message here at all. I don't think the coaches are satisfied with it either. I really don't think Hunter Juracek is satisfied with that. It's just it's a much different perspective uh, from the outside than on the inside. And you're doing the hiring and the firing, and 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 it's I mean it's not Hunter Juracek's money, but it is money that he's responsible for that you're spending or holding on to. Um, you know, once you actually do make the decision. It's a difficult, I think it's, it, it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier to, to talk about it from the outside. Uh, they're not, they're not satisfied with this. And I don't think anybody that's inside athletics would be able to stand in front of a microphone and say that they are. Uh, but I just, I think it's a little bit more complex than that. Is Sam Pittman the right coach to take this program moving forward? I don't know. I thought this was the month where, where that becomes evident, you know, and I thought that Florida to me said, yeah, you're going in the right direction. But it's only one game, and it's not a Super Bowl. It's not a playoff game. It's not a game that wins a division for you or anything. All it did was stop a losing streak. And what you haven't been able to do is get any semblance of a legitimate winning streak going against good teams. And that's what should have happened this past Saturday. At least play well. It just didn't happen. I talked about trying to change the narrative going into the offseason. Maybe there isn't going to be an offseason for him. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, the... Uh, the, the question got a little bit more difficult with, <laughs> with what you saw against Auburn. Philip in Fort Smith, thanks for taking uh, time here to call us and hold there for a moment. How are you? Hello, Philip. You're on the air, and I'm also Phil as yes, well. What's sir, thank, you, yeah. thank you, fellas, for taking yeah, my call. If, if you remove uh, the home state passion from the equation, if we were on the outside looking in, it's a no-brainer, guys. Sam's gone. The last two home games, two home games with losing seasons, fans are spending, I went Saturday, spent $220 a seat for two seats. Spending a lot of money in two straight home games. Zero offensive touchdowns by the first team unit in the last two home games. You're right. Exactly. I mean, this is year four. If we look back at, at how he started, Offensive linemen and former players said they'll run through a brick wall for this guy. He had a lady agent, I believe, if I remember right, from the state of Arkansas, did a lot of lobbying. He got the job. When he started, he had no contract, said he's not worried about the money. He was hungry to be a head coach and prove what he could do. Two years later, after nine and four season, guys, he fires her and he hires Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton's obviously great at his job. Makes a lot of money for a lot of people. But to the detriment of the universities that hire a lot of these guys, they end up getting fired, A&M for one. But my point is, he's had four years. He's an offensive line coach. Uh, it's just not getting done. And from an outside looking in, I'm from Fayetteville. I went to school with Frank Brawls and twin daughters. I know I'm, oh, I'm, I'm a died in the wool Razorback fan, live and die with it, unfortunately. <laughs> but for two consecutive home games to have that kind of performance, just if you're on the outside looking in, you're going to know the guy's gone. One last point, Hunter Yurichek was on the sideline in the first half. He was actually right down in front of me on about the 30-yard line. I'm watching his body language. They go up seven to nothing. Three and out, punt, return, touchdown, three and out, punt, right down the field. Guys, he bent over. He didn't bend over. He put his head down and run both hands through his hair very slowly. He, 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 he knows it can't go on. I think everybody needs to just take a deep breath, hope for the best. He's gone at the end of the year. Hopefully, if he loves the state as much as he says he does, and I believe he does. Hopefully he'll step down and not accept a buyout. You, you shouldn't accept millions, $15 million, whatever it is, when you performed poorly. To save face, resign, and go about your way, and let's hire somebody, let's pay them money. Let's pay some big money, 8 to $10 million. If Athens, Georgia can do it, Tuscaloosa, Alabama can do it, Arkansas got a Northwest Arkansas got a lot of millionaires, a lot of passionate people. Yeah, you understand though, Philip. It it is a lot easier to spend other people's money and with an eight to ten million dollar salary for a head coach, you know what goes along with that? A giant buyout. That's just the reality of the situation. 
this these days it really is. I just wish I wish schools with athletic directors would come together and say we're not dealing with Jimmy Jackson. Now I know that sounds too far fetched for it to ever happen, but if for a year everyone says we're not dealing with Jimmy Sexton, and it bothered me greatly when Sam hired him. I'm like, if if it's not about the money, why are you hiring this guy? Yeah. Hunter Yerchek would have given Sam a great raise after a nine and four season. He would have. He'd have taken yeah. care of him. Phil, it's a legit point, you know, when you go to the when you go to the agency that's known for squeezing you know every last dollar that they possibly can when you're known as the Scott Boris of college football. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a reason that you do that. There is. There's a reason that you do that. Um, the other aspect, too, is like, and, and I mentioned his name, Scott Boris. You realize how many general managers would, not, would like to not do business with Scott Boris? But they can't. They can't do that. It's the same thing with Jimmy Sexton. It's just, I don't think that's the world that we live in right now. Jackie, you are up first. Jackie, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing okay, but... It's probably not a good call, but I, I'm I, I just want to call and vent a little bit. That's what today's about, Jackie. That's all that, right. Uh, I watched that game Saturday, me and my wife, and we both like it through. Uh, I, I would never call for somebody to get fired because I, 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 I just uh, I'm not that kind of person. But I know it's going to happen sometime, and when it does, I hope they get a disciplinarian as well as somebody that you know. And coach, but I hope they get a disciplinary. And I, it, it, I'm 70 years old, and it makes me sick to my stomach to see our team behind three touchdowns or more and getting the other team just going up and down the field, and then the defensive end finally makes a play and then does some kind of dance. And the whole game, the Auburn players were mocking KJ's dance that he did against Florida when he scored. I just hope that we get a coach that can put a stop to some of that mess and make them at least look like they know what they're doing and celebrate with the team and not not do that when you when you're getting it handed to you. I, I know I'm I'm a minority in this, but I remember the the good old days of watching the Razorbacks, and there was none of that going on. But I, I know that's a common thing now, but. That's just, you know, to me, it, it makes me sick. Jackie, I appreciate your phone call. Thank you so much. Uh, Miss Lisa's up next. Hey, Miss Lisa, you all right today? No, I'm not, and I agree with Jackie. Every time Auburn would score, I think we acted happier than they did. Now, the main reason I called was I was told by several people, in fact, I met with Scott Veraday. Last Monday, in private, my husband and I had a good conversation with him. Terrific guy. I like him. And uh, he said, now, Miss Lisa, you're going to settle down a little bit. Sam is safe. And I thought, well, you know, there's no need me. You know, I was nice back. Was no need me throwing a fit up there because I thought I knew what was coming Saturday. I did not go. Uh, because I've already turned my attention to basketball. But uh, on TV, my phone, as I was watching it at home, my phone rang off the wall. People were like, is this not I said, look, I'm 65. I'm right here behind Jackie now. And I, it's the most embarrassing game I've ever watched, and our players are acting foolish. And, uh, and then... Phil, you know I love you, and I usually 99.9% agree with you. But while ago, you were acting like, well, it's easy to spend somebody else's money, and we can't do this, and that's too much. But what if next year when we get these, of course, I've already paid some on mine up there over the weekend, last weekend. But what if the people don't send in the rest of their money and skip buying the ticket? What happens then? I heard he was going to step down and, you know, and retire today. That's, that's just what pe- that's just people throwing rumors around, Miss Lisa. And and when I said that it, you're you know, spending other people's money is easy to do, the caller 
had said, there's all these millionaires in Northwest Arkansas, they can write a check. I mean, he was, he was in his mind spending other people's money at that moment. I know what you're talking about, about donations, smaller donations that go to the Razorback Foundation, you know, from hardworking people that when they, when they, when they donate $5,000 to the Razorback Foundation, that's a lot of money to them. Um, but when I hear about, you know, we've got all these billionaires that own stock in all of the big companies up there that they need to be doing this and that with their money. That's what I mean. You know, that's what I mean, that it's easy to spend other people's money thinking that all the multimillionaires or billionaires that have Walton in their last name have to write a check to hire a coach because it's the Razorbacks. And I just don't know if that's the way it operates. Well, that's why they're billionaires, and we're not. They hang on to a lot of their money. That's right. I spend mine on Razorback tickets, and then I come out in the hole. But I thought, really, I thought he would say, I'm going to go ahead and coach out the year, but I'm going to retire. He could stay around and push a pencil. Everybody likes him. But people are not behind. Now, we love the Razorbacks. I'm not running the Razorbacks. Them, except for some of the players, the way they acted Saturday. Matt, would you have done that? No, you would have not. Would you? Would they? Would they do? They laughed and joked and danced, and not all of them. I watched it on TV, and even the camera, the guys calling the game. I don't know who's the happiest around here, the Razorbacks or the Tigers. Yeah, you, you could see it in some of the in some of the sideline huddles and a little bit in the post game. It's not if you're losing, there there shouldn't there shouldn't be a smile on anybody's face. Right. That, that's any any coach that I've had that's been you don't you're not laughing and smiling if you're getting your butt beat. I don't think it was everybody, but I think it was I think it was a those guys would still be number. running. They, they, if those coaches, I, they, you'd still be running. Appreciate Miss Lisa's phone call. Edgar in Fayetteville is next. Hi, Edgar. Thanks for holding. How are you? Edgar, you still there? Hello, and, hello. How's yeah, that's you. Edgar, as you Edgar in Fayetteville. You're on halftime. What's up? Man, I know today everybody's calling the vent, and I get that. It was a frustrating game. But all day I'm hearing people pointing fingers, saying, Coach this, coach that. Linemen can't block, quarterbacks, yada, yada. I say we get down to the root of the problem. Let's start some – our program needs to invest in our youth. Let's start some youth camps, you know, around the state, speed camps, muscle camps, you name it. I mean, that that's kind of what I, I guess I'm, I was hitting at, asking about the level of play in the state, youth football, high school football in the state, which should be the feeder system – there's talent you know, in this state, Edgar. Um, Edgar of the of the opinion that camps might help in that case. Uh, look, I know I know that the level look the level of basketball in the state is very high. This this is a good basketball state producing talent. The level of high school baseball is also I think a lot higher than it was than when I first moved here 23 years ago. That's one reason why the baseball program is where they are. I'm not sure if the level of high school football is the same as where it was when I first moved here 23 years ago. Um, and maybe that's one reason why. Um, it's tough to keep the program at a, at a high winning level. Shane and P. Ridge, you'll take us into the break. Appreciate your call, Shane. What's up? Yeah, um, I've got a couple things in regards to the football team. Uh, with me, we haven't been able to run the ball all year. I mean, we've had one game with 100-yard rusher, and that was against Florida. To me, I don't know. I mean, maybe Matt could provide a little bit of insight, but to me, has the offensive line regressed under Kennedy versus when that uh, what was the name uh, Anderson who went to LSU and been their offensive line coach? No, that was, that was Brad Davis who left for LSU. Brad Davis. Okay, so I mean, to me, when they had the nine and four season, that was pretty much with his player. You know, his. His recruits, his techniques, his training, and since then, I, you know, if Pittman to me, if he wants to keep his position, he's going to have to first get an offensive line coach that can coach them up. Because I just have not seen the offensive line like it has been over the last few years. 
Well, you gotta. It's a, it's a question of motivation. You know, you, you gotta be find a way to push the, the 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 players' buttons the right way and get the best out of your your athletes and out of your talent. We're not getting the best out of them. We're 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 just not. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.